Hello there and welcome to the podcast Biblical Question. I'm excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and listen to it. I certainly hope and pray that it will be edifying for you and bring glory to God. If you enjoy us, I please ask you to tell others about us. Make sure to like us and share us and follow us uh, on your different apps. So when we do release our new podcast, you'll get an alert that we have released one. We try to do a weekly podcast to release it uh, generally Saturday afternoon, early evening uh, Chicago time. And we hope that you will always be part of our weekly broadcast. We have listeners all around the world and we are thankful for them as well. For more information about us and to help us and support us, uh, please go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all lowercase. And there you can find links to our LinkedIn page, uh, Twitter, and, and our statement of faith and, and different things. There's also a page there for prayer requests. We have had a few uh, requests to be posted there. And if you are a prayer warrior, I'd encourage you to go there and pray for these people as well. Today we're going to talk about Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, and I hope you have a Bible, and if you do, that you would follow along. The majority of today's podcast will come out of Ephesians chapter 2. So if you want to mark your Bible there, that would be fine. And then turn with me to 1 John chapter 1. Grace is a, is a word used in a variety of ways in our English language. How, how many of you have heard these? Uh, it's time to eat dinner. Hey, Dad, would you say grace? Or how about, uh, did you see how she danced? She has so much grace in her steps. Another one, have I introduced you to my friend, Grace? My uh, father used to say, if you want to stay in my good graces, then do what you're told. You know, it, it's a word that has been used as a, an alternative term to, to ask somebody uh, to say a prayer. It's been used to, to describe a way a person moves. Still, none of these terms seem to really catch the true nature of what grace truly is. They all really fall short of, of the true meaning. They miss the purpose, in other words, uh, of the word. Again, so today in the podcast, I want to try to bring us perhaps a little closer to the understanding of what uh, the grace of God truly is and what it should mean to each and every one of us as Christians. And if you're not a Christian, I certainly hope that you would consider listening uh, to the uh, podcast all the way through and learn more about grace. Just about everyone, I think, in the Western world, uh, the young kids especially, they all enjoy playing uh, video games, computer games, PlayStation, whatever. Uh, video games have really changed since I was first introduced to uh an Atari ping pong kind of gives my age away maybe but if it was not for the gaming market there really would be no reason probably to upgrade our computers for example there's a, a game by Microsoft and this is not an endorsement just an example uh, it's called flight simulator and in most versions of the game you can choose a prop plane or a Learjet or choose I guess there's 180 different airports around the country that you can attempt to take off and land at. But only after you acquire landing skills, after many hours of practice, can a player 
avoid crashing this plane and land their plane safely. It's, I'm told that this is a very realistic game that you that you can crash into buildings uh, all around the country, which is kind of scary after 9/11. But your your plane can break apart in midair, and, and breaking the sound barrier over any major city, you can take a nosedive apparently straight into Lake Michigan, uh, going 500 miles per hour. The greatest thing about uh, this game flight simulator is the game always restores you no matter what happens uh, your plane crashes and burns or whatever you get to start all over again and whenever you crash and burn or, or fall apart or splash into the ocean the game always puts you back together and places you back on a runway so that you can take off again as though nothing ever happened well this is the way it is with with the Lord Jesus our our God is absolutely faithful to forgive us to restore us when we mess up when we sin and, and he gets us back into action hopefully we, we grew a little wiser after some of our failures and, and bad decisions uh, there is a condition of being restored again though we must confess our sin and and listen to God and tell God about our sin. First John chapter 1 verse 9 states this, If we confess our sin, He is faithful to and just and will forgive us of our sins, and He will purify us from all unrighteousness. The Apostle Peter in his epistle will also talk about this uh, term of grace. First Peter chapter 5 verse 10, And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. So as our lives continue to move forward, we will and we do encounter rough times. We will have those days where it is very difficult to keep going. Uh, there's some days, maybe weeks, where there's just so much stress at work or uh, at home, wherever, health issues, and we just don't know how we're ever going to get everything done and accomplished. On top of all of this, uh, there is a daily battle uh, to resist temptations in, in our most weak and, and vulnerable spots. We have an enemy, uh, the devil, who, who always knows where our struggle is. He, he makes sure that he reminds us of those struggles. He reminds us of our inadequacies and failures and the fact that we have a sinful nature. And he attempts to tell us why we're not worthy of God's grace. So again, what is this grace that we're talking about? Well, turn with me over to Ephesians chapter 2. And the Apostle Paul here gives us some good insight in his letter to the church uh, at Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 2 starting in verse 4 says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgression, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. 
down into verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one can boast. You know, a lot of people uh, like to say how they were really saved, and they'll give multiple uh, reasons or ways that they were saved, but the bottom line is, you're saved by grace through faith. And the reason is, only God gets the credit. Not a sinful person, or sinful mankind. And again, over against mankind's rejection of God, the Apostle Paul sets God's graces, uh, his acceptance of you and me, and who we are in Christ. God cannot, and he does not, approve of any sin. If he is to, to remain righteous, yet God that is not vengeful toward those of us he's created, the, the human race, uh, he loves us, and he's made it possible for us to be reconciled back to him. Had God decided to destroy his rebellious children, he would be entirely justified in doing so. And nothing on this planet could stop him. Instead, though, love leads to mercy. And God's compassion for the helpless sinner requires action for our relief. The Apostle Paul's main point here is, God made us alive with Christ. For those who are spiritually dead in their sin, God gave a new life together with Christ. The life uh, Christians now have is an, an, an effect of which Christ's resurrection really was the cause. Christ's resurrection was an act of God's power and the regeneration of believers in the act of God's grace which is repeated in, in verse 8, where the Apostle Paul again reminds his readers, you and me, that they owe their salvation entirely to the undeserved favor of God. In other words, grace. Grace is the objective. The one who carries it out in the instrumental cause of salvation I mean, Paul expands that in, in verse 5 by adding, the condition to our salvation is faith, which is a necessary condition. Faith, however, is simply a, a trustful response that itself is invoked by the Holy Spirit. You know, when, when I stood in the baptistry, I was trusting God that He would fulfill what He had promised that He would do. You know, I'd read scriptures, I knew the promises, uh, I knew who Jesus was, I believed in the death, burial, and resurrection, I believed in the, the word of God, that the Bible was true, and as I, I heard the word of God, my faith became established. See, even my faith has to come from God. Unless there is faith in any way else, it, it, it's just simply misinterpreted as our own contribution to our own salvation. Remember here in Romans 10, 17, I'm going to read this here in a minute. 
Paul immediately adds this disclaimer that none of us of our own doing has saved ourselves. It is rather, it is a gift of God. The entire process of salvation comes from nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing that you and I have ever done. Romans 10:17 says this, So faith comes from hearing, and the hearing by the word of Christ. Folks, that's how you get your faith. By reading your Bible, studying your Bible, being in prayer. In verse 9, Paul backing up here, back to Ephesians, Paul erases away every possibility of this idea of a self-achieved salvation. By adding his words here, in chapter 2, verse 8, says, Not by works. Any kind of man-made or self-effort is completely ruled out by the Apostle Paul. Completely. The reason is immediately explained. It, it is to prevent this self-congratulations. Uh, There's no patting myself on the back. Hey, look what I've done. I deserve this. Hey, God, aren't you glad I made it? You see, if salvation comes by this clear and merited favor of God Almighty, boasting is altogether, it's out of place. The only boasting that we will do is through our confession of an incredibly patient, merciful, loving, and gracious God. You are example here. You're, you're pulled over for speeding down down the highway uh, by the highway patrol, and uh, the, the highway patrolman he he approaches your car and he asks for your license and, and your registration, maybe your insurance card, depending on where you live. But and the officer he goes back to his car and he radios in all this information and he and he checks it all out, and he comes back and, and gives you a ticket. Now. That's not demonstrating a grace. You got the just penalty for breaking the law, for breaking the speed law uh, under the law. However, what if he, he shows you grace? What, what would that really look like? Again, he, he, he pulls you over, he comes to the car, he gets your information and he goes back to his patrol car and he radios and does all the same thing. And he tells you, he comes back up to the car and says, it's your lucky day and uh, I'm going to let you go with a verbal warning. Is that grace? No. This is not really grace. How about when he writes out that ticket but cuts the fine in half? Uh, that he has that kind of authority but... Just an example. This still does not really show grace. Instead, when he comes back to your car and he reminds you of the crime that you broke, the law that you've committed, uh, the violation by speeding, and he writes out the ticket and, and he tells you how much the fine is, tells you when the court date is or whatever, and he hands it to me, then he reaches out and, and takes the ticket back and he signs his own name in the guilty uh, as charged a spot and then he turns uh, the ticket in with his name on it pays the full amount of the fine out of his own money now listeners that's what grace is 
and see this is exactly what God did through Jesus on the cross. This is exactly what Jesus did. Each and every time, each and one of us sin, he takes that sin upon himself at the cross, and he puts the guilty charge on him. And he paid the penalty, not with money, but he paid the penalty by his death on the cross, by his shed blood. That is how that debt was paid. Why? Why did he do that? Well, probably one of the most famous verses in the entire Bible. Everybody likes it. Uh, John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. You see, listeners, God loves you and I know he loves me and I want to say that again. God loves you. He loves us. No matter what we have done, God loves us. No matter who we may have hurt, God loves us. No matter how many times that we think or believe or really have fallen short, God loves us. God does not want us to, to walk away from uh, this life without knowing He loves us. I'm not saying that means he approves of your actions. Did not say that. Don't ever doubt it, though. Just believe and know Jesus loves us. Do we deserve this type of grace, this, this love? No. Everyone who's ever walked on this planet deserves to be condemned to hell. Do we deserve this incredible uh, gift called grace? No, not really. However, God in his unconditional, unending love has offered it to us. So we may have this opportunity to be with him for all eternity. You and I, we are made in the image of God. Nothing else in the creation story in the book of Genesis, including the angels, can make this one claim. We are made in God's image. And God has the desire to preserve and restore the relationship that he once had with us before the fall in the garden. God did not send a, a savior or a redeemer to, to save a single fallen angel. He sent Jesus to redeem us. To redeem his image, and it all has to go back to the core of a graceful heart that our Creator, Jesus, has for us. The song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Today, I, I certainly hope and pray that you would acknowledge the goodness and the grace that God has displayed in our life, in your life. To tell others about Him and, and what He's done for you. That you would publicly state that you're a Christian. And I know there's places in this world that is a very dangerous thing to do, and that's something you're going to have to decide. 
if you desire you know to you need to completely give your life over to Christ and and allow him to to be your leader and revelation the idea of the rider on the white horse he is the leader he's the captain of the army and we are in his army and we need to be willing to follow him no matter what I'd encourage you to find a church family and, and become part of it that is teaching the complete Word of God. Complete Word of God. Not just a few verses here and there or their, or their favorite topic or whatever. There, the Bible is so full. It is so rich of information of who God is, how we are to live His life, how we are to worship Him, how much He really loves us. It, it's just a beautiful story that has withstood the, the test of time. In some areas I've gotten a few emails, we cannot find a biblical church, a God-fearing church that is, really is teaching uh, the entire uh, Bible and not just one or two topics that are the same sermons over and over again. I understand your frustrations and I feel for you. I understand that, believe me. I, I would try to help you if I can. i trying to find a, a congregation. Maybe I can make some recommendations. But the best thing I would say is know your Bible. Read it. Know it. And compare it. What people are preaching and teaching in those walls. Is it really biblical? Or are they just stretching something to fit their agenda? Jesus was never politically correct. And the, the Jewish leaders hated him for it. They did. They sought him out and they killed him. But by doing that, he shed his blood for you and me. Jesus did not have to go to plan B or C. He knew all along his mission was to come to this earth to save mankind. And he knew beforehand that he would be rejected despite uh, the teachings of uh, some groups now. That Jesus was caught off guard. Jesus is not caught off guard, folks. That's a false teaching altogether and a whole nother podcast. Read the Bible. Know the Gospels. Know who Jesus is. Know that he loves you. And let the Spirit of God dwell within you and lead you in your life. Thank you again. I appreciate your, your patience and listening to me ramble on. I certainly hope that this has encouraged you to, to know who God is better, understand grace a little bit better. Grace is a very deep subject, and I'm not sure that uh, we can completely ever understand it or grasp it this side uh, of eternity. Again, I would encourage you to follow us and like us and share us with your friends and family, and hopefully that would also be an encouragement to them. We continue to gain uh, listeners each and every week, and I'm so thankful for that. Please pray for this podcast as we are trying to uh, gather enough resources again to uh, pay the server fees and whatnot and keep our health going uh, to be able to do this. Thank you again for listening. May God bless you. And may He have the glory.